TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. All right, and welcome to our Tuesday version of the Two Guys and a Mic show. Thank you so much, folks, for joining us. After a splendid Memorial Day weekend, we hope everybody out there had a tremendous three-day weekend. And we certainly hope everybody took some time out to uh, remember what Memorial Day weekend is all about. I know my partner, Joe Radwanski, will speak to that very thing. Lots of sports action over the weekend. Baseball, some big news, including a perfect game. We got the NHL Stanley Cup Finals. Our show's coming out of Chicago, so... uh, we might just talk about that a little bit, and the NBA Finals are opening up uh, in a couple of days, and we now know who the compatriots will be. Big dog uh, Joe Redwanski, my partner, checking in from his palatial estate out in unair conditioned home in Aurora, Illinois. Big dog, how are you? Well, uh, I'm stifling, Coach. Stifling. Uh, whatever that means. Uh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable, the heat that I'm having to deal with up in here. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to c- cut some weight, do something, Coach. You know those um, $29.95 uh, pneumatic fans from your local hardware store? Yeah. Those things aren't bad. You know, i, I got to be quite honest with you. Uh, Cloudy went out and bought some uh, $15 fans. There you They're go. They're fantastic. Yep. He actually bought a $150 air conditioner that was no good, returned it. Yep. And, you know, bought a $15 fan. I tell you, it's it's really, really quiet, and that thing generates some nice little draft. Mm-hmm. It, it's not bad, and luckily, part of it, like we have one of those. Uh, I have like a bi-level house, and part of the house mm-hmm. is down low, and we have a deck that goes over the back part of the house. Mm-hmm. So, there, it's like the sun doesn't hit that part of the house. I, I'm saying it's nice and cool down there, I'm no just, matter what. I mean, even if it's like a hundred, it's actually, it's kind of comfortable down I'm there. I'm just so we'll, uh, just very impressed that you're comfortable enough to live. In a bi-level house. Ten years ago, you probably wouldn't have done that. But now, a more mature man, you're comfortable enough in your testosterone to go bi-level. Yeah, because you know what it is? <laughs> I actually have real testosterone and not any of that artificial yes. stuff. Of course not. You know, I'm not worried about no. a contract here. Yeah. You know, but i, I got to be honest with you. If uh, if uh, Chris Whitting actually came to me and he was like, you know, we really want to go to the next level, mm-hmm. I probably would take on the artificial testosterone, but mm-hmm. since I haven't been offered a contract yet, I'm not really worried about it. Chris Whitting, the man you mentioned, the general manager, our fearless leader here at thetalkzone.com, who uh, we haven't seen in the last six months. I'm not sure where he is. He might have taken another job and nobody told us. I don't know, but theoretically, on paper, he's still our boss, Big Dog, but uh, apparently it's in writing only. The man is a ghost. Well, uh, I understand about stuff being good on paper, <laughs> stuff being real on paper, like, like on paper. Yes. You know, like the Chicago White Sox are are the best oh. team in the American League outside of the uh, out of the Yankees, and the Over Yankees the last, aren't even in first place in their division. The last decade, we've had some of the best on paper baseball you'd ever want to see. Oh, for the Chicago Cubs? Are you kidding me? They've yeah. been paper champions like fifteen times in the last forty years. Yeah, and I, I, and I think they've had five winning seasons. Our pitchers, I don't, I don't know if anyone keeps records, but I guarantee our pitchers have pitched more successful, complete, simulated baseball games than any other major league team around. Oh, do you remember they had that like that five-year stretch where Ross <laughs> kept having them throw with the towel? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, basically, it was pretty symbolic of basically yep. their attitude was just, hey, let's just throw in the towel. You yes. know, so it was, <laughs> I mean, when, you, when, when it comes to stuff that has nothing to do with actually playing real baseball, the Chicago <laughs> Cubs, you know, have patterned themselves on being great on, you know, being the team oh, with the paper goodness. champions and that. Well, now this year it looks yeah. like it's the Chicago White Sox. Spending too much money. Spending too much money on guys that are not producing. You know, and it reminds me, we were talking the fans and air conditioning, and I, I would like to connect the two if I possibly could. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing more scintillating or fascinating than to talk a sports talk than to uh, start a sports talk show with air conditioning talk. But Especially when there's so much action going on this particular weekend. Well, but let me make this comparison with our baseball teams who are spending money for players who have been unproductive. Um you know, we, we mentioned for 15 bucks, your guy bought the air conditioner that worked. 29.95, we got one of those oscillating fans that worked beautifully. When we redid some reconstruction on our house about three years ago, my wife had one of those fancy fans put in uh, it, on the roof. I forget what the you know the the name. When I say the roof, the on roof the ceiling, fan. huh? Uh huh. The attic fan? No, 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 no. A ceiling fan. Ceiling fan. In our bedroom, you know, very fancy and everything. Totally. And I don't know what it cost, Big Doe, but I guarantee you it was a lot more than twenty nine ninety five. Totally, well, I won't say totally ineffective, 93% ineffective. So with the fancy thing overhead, I still bring in the twenty nine ninety five white, cheap, oscillating fan, and that's the thought on a warm day that cools me off. All right, you don't have air conditioning at your house? Well, we don't use it at certain times. We do have air conditioning, but we'd only use it in extreme situations. No, 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 to be honest with you, I'd have no problem with that. But before our... Uh... AC blew up. Yeah, I, I swear to you, if it got if it got down to if if the temperature hit sixty eight degrees, people would turn their air conditioning. Uh, on see, I stuff. hate that. Yeah, you, you, I'm like yeah, I, I like the air breeze, fresh you know air, I mean? absolutely. You know, I, I don't. I have the extra layer of fat. I just deal with it. You know what I mean, Coach? <laughs> I, I, I could care less if I'm sweating a little bit. Uh, so, but you know, but I do you no see my my comparison to uh, professional athletes? I think there's a comparison between the home appliance industry and professional athletes sometimes the less expensive produce more the blackhawks uh, who are their highest pay brian campbell might be their highest paid player yeah, maybe well, uh, and chris cristobal huey their backup <laughs> goalie is third or fourth highest paid and uh, marion hosa who yeah. finally got his second goal of the well no 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 no, no. If you, uh, hosa has been effective if you watched him play you can read me the stats all you want about how many goals i watch with my eyes marion hosa is worth the money, very okay. productive, very effective. But there are and three will, highest you know, players. You're right, though. you're right, and I will tell you this. You're right, but I will also say this. He isn't as bad as other people saying, but he's had how many pucks go off his stick and like, no, he, this play during right, this he's, he, he's, he makes things happen. He's tough. He's fast and he's strong behind the he's net. He's not a problem. I agree not with you. Not a problem. But, the, you know, of their three highest paid players, one of them's a backup goalie. The other one, Brian Campbell, I know he's battling injuries, but he is – it, basically the epitome right now of an average NHL defenseman. Average only. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, average FS coach. And you can yeah. say he's battling injuries or whatever. There's no excuses. He was bad before yeah, the injury. I'm, okay? I'm not saying he's bad. He's just no, average. Am, My I'm point is you're paying he, tons of money for, an, an, right now, an average player. He is thoroughly and totally underachieved as a Chicago Blackhawks before the injury. So I'm not, yeah. I understand he's playing with the injury now, but you know what? He's bad defensively which means that he's got to be great offensively, and he's mm -hmm. been average on offense. He so. does look a little bit like two-time Olympic snowboarding champion, the flying tomato, Sean White. But just because he's got red hair? No, even the face, the, the same angu angulation of the face. Okay, well, i got to tell you something. I, I don't, you can't, 
Like, just because of a South Park episode, everybody now in my house like, calls redheads gingers. You know, and they, okay. I get a little perturbed about it yeah. considering everybody in my family has red hair besides me. You really? know, so uh, you know they you know they rip on them. I'm like, you know, my mom has red hair, so quit making fun of redheaded people. <laughs> you know, then they all shut up, and then like a week later, everybody starts again. I'm like, let me just start making fun of your mom, see how it feels, and then they know to shut up because I can be uh, I can like more on air, coach. I take it easy, but like mm-hmm. off air. Oh, the stuff I say to people. I mean, I can cut really deep, Coach. All right. Well, let's, let's you know, let's keep it. This is a user-friendly sports talk show, so yeah, let's not. Uh, people tune into this show to uh, get a little feel-good going, enjoy some sports, and uh, <laughs> you know, just generally, uh, not that we're happy-go-lucky and total homers, but uh, you know, we want to have some fun on this show. And speaking of fun, could we talk about the Blackhawks? Uh, Please. Both games, not just a two-to-one victory. Both were different type hockey games, big dog. But the bottom line is the Hawks won both of them. Were up to zero. You know, everybody everybody is talking about, oh, it's going to be a sweep. So, so, well, I, I actually want to enjoy this series, and I'm not ready, just the, the Karanam champions. And, and to be honest with you, I thought it was going to be – I still think it's going to be a really tough series, but I don't want to take the loser mentality. I would have been happy going into this particular home the, – the home set with the Hawks splitting. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, because I was like, this, they're such a dominant road team, and I know they're going to play fantastic in Philadelphia. I just want to make sure Philadelphia thoroughly pulled the carpet out from under them. Mm-hmm. So yesterday's game, to me, was like cake. I know normally you're like, oh, you got to win all your home games. You know, typically that is the feel, but I, I didn't have that feel in this series. The fact that they're up 2 nothing going to Philadelphia, Coach, mm-hmm. I mean, I, that I have never felt better about a series that didn't involve Michael Jordan in my whole entire <laughs> uh, like, sort of like pro team watching thing. Mm-hmm. Seriously. I, I, really, they're up to nothing, and they're they're such a dominant road team. I, I I would not be surprised if there was a sweep now. And wow! Well, they certainly have <laughs> not been. Fun, I mean, they have not been dominating. And I think uh, we previewed it. And I don't make many calls right, but my early call on this one is correct. And I think I said, uh, Joel, that these are not going to be two of the the most talented teams to ever play in the Stanley Cup, but it might be one of the most exciting. Stanley Cup Finals that we have had in a long time, and based on the first two games, that prediction is right on because both those get two different styles, but both those games were scintillating, exciting hockey. If you're a first-time watcher of hockey, you are uh, sealed and delivered to that fine sport. Two great games. It all depends if you're one of those people that have to have the superstar. You know, if you have to have the Wayne Gretzky or the Michael Jordan or the you know like the Derek Jeter, yeah. like the, like the prima donna mm-hmm. you know face out in front of there, you know. Yeah. You might not have as much interest, but it, it goes back to I, I'm going to disagree, Coach, about the fact that you <laughs> said these aren't like the most talented teams in the oh, finals. Oh, come on. Coach, Joel. the Hawks are so freaking deep. Maybe they don't have the Crosby. Maybe they don't have the Ovechkin. Yeah. You said it earlier. This team has – this is one of the deepest teams to, that I can ever remember. They're not like the 92 Penguins. I, I mean, they're not that deep where it seems like they had Hall of mm-hmm. Famers on their fourth line. Coach, this team has – David Bowen. I mean, Burrish, I mean, these teams, they're fourth liners. And these teams, these guys would be first liners, second liners on other uh, on other teams. Yeah, but didn't some of those powerhouse championship teams of days gone by, of recent days gone by, had more superstars than the Hawks or Flyers have, and still were pretty deep, were they not, in the third or fourth lines? Well, I, I wouldn't say as deep as the Hawks are third or fourth line. And, and you know what, four or five years from now, we might be looking back on your guy Marion Hosa, Jonathan Taze, and Patrick Kane, as maybe surefire Hall of Famers one day. So uh, don't forget, these guys are 22 and 21, mm-hmm. and Patrick Sharp is 23. 
uh, Versteeg is 22 years old. I mean, and well, all of a sudden Versteeg all of a yeah. sudden starting to show up and play a little bit better the last the last couple of games. David Bolin is only 25 years old, coach. Well, you're you're entering a different territory now. We're talking about the future, but I still think you're getting swept up a little bit. And hockey fans, you want to uh, join us for a little Hawk Talk, Hockey Talk, 888-463-6748, the phone number, 888-463-6748. Dial it up, talk well, some hockey with a couple of uh, Yahoo fans, the coach and the Big Dub. Uh, I think you're getting a little bit swept up, just my personal opinion, Big Dub, even though you've seen a lot more hockey than I have. Coach, in 1997, the Red Wings won, okay? And people would have been like, who's Igor Larionov? Who's Nicholas Lidstrom? Who are these guys? No one's ever heard of them. Oh, but, wow, they're dominant. They're the best team in the league. Oh, they probably aren't that good. And then all of a sudden, 10 years later, you're like, wow, all those guys were 24, 25, and they won a cup, and look, they kept winning. You know, I guess, I guess but then again, they also had, at, on those teams, they had uh, Fedorov and Iserman. Mm-hmm. You know, so people did say, oh, they had superstars with Eventually, you know, Tave, Barry Melrose says he's the best player in hockey, okay? And I'm going to have to listen to, to Barry Melrose. The guy knows what he's talking about. If he says Jonathan Tave is the best player in hockey, I'm going to have to agree with Barry Melrose because he knows a lot more than I do. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to have to say, yeah, he is. In an all-around way, certainly not uh, a, a flashier, spectacular. Patrick Kane, I know he hasn't scored many points and put the puck in the net that much, but I don't sort of the same thing I said about hosts of the stats are not – Telling the story of Patrick, and he is fun to watch. So creative with the puck, and uh, you got great goaltending last night. Big dog Antti Niemi, not so good in Game One, was spectacular in Game Two. You got to have a hot goalie to win, and the Hawks. It looks like um, have it again in your favorite Antti Niemi. Uh, you, you know the best thing about uh, Antti Niemi, which now who Antti Niemi knows who he is. Uh, yeah, your Antti Niemi, by the way, was featured in our Facebook and Twitter pages today. Really? Yeah, I think really? the uh, our producers basically put in that uh, uh, Hawk goalie Auntie Niemi will not be on the show today, but we are hoping to get a hold of Joel's aunt, Auntie Niemi. <laughs> yeah, you know it's the best we can do on our limited budget, but uh, you know, Auntie Niemi, and then you have another big fan, right, Uncle who, Uncle Jim? Oh yeah, Uncle Jim. Oh, uh, Uncle Jim is a diehard <laughs> Blackhawk fan. I mean, he he was one of those guys. That was diehard Blackhawk before the 1961 season when they won the Stanley Cup. That's diehard. You know what I mean? He, he he was upset about bandwagon fans back in '61, but he isn't upset about bandwagon fans in 2010. He really mm-hmm. isn't. Now so, is Uncle Jim connected in any way to Auntie Naomi, or are they different no, sides? Other side of the family. Ah. Other side of the family. That's a shame. But, uh, uh, but somehow I'm sure they're connected because my family grew up in uh, in Garfield Ridge in the city of Chicago, mm-hmm. and it was like. Uncle Jim was on the the polar side, and Aunt Naomi was on. I mean, Uncle Jim was on the Irish side, and mm-hmm. Uncle Aunt Naomi was on the the polar side. Enough of that. You know, once uh, David Olson, way back in our radio days, we had we had I think one of our young interns attempt a family tree and dig out the roots of a uh, somewhat unusual co-host, Joel Radwanski. And the roots shot all over the place. It was quite odd, but one of them actually stopped at South African President Nelson Mandela. Believe it or Which, not. It was, I was not aware of that. Neither was I. But you know, it was good to know. <laughs> you, you know what I love about uh, about Nelson Mandela? I okay, love Nelson first Mandela. First of all, not only not only did he um, like his story is a, is a remarkable story. Yes, it so is. That, that, it's unbelievable. Yeah. But you know, the guy was in prison for 27 years, wrongly in prison. Yes. By the way. Um, and when he, when he got out, he started hanging with his wife, and then six months later, he divorced her. 
Well, he's like, 20... I, and they asked me, he's like, I could not stand her yelling anymore. <laughs> like, 27 <laughs> years After... without her, you're off for six months and you divorced her. <laughs> oh, goodness. I mean, that's a true leader, Coach. You know, he, most other people just deal with it. You know, he was like, and if you think about how he's brought that country together, yep. absolutely phenomenal. Nelson yeah. Mandela is uh Well, and he stood true to his true beliefs hero. and suffered, uh, if not the ultimate uh, decline, certainly 27 years in prison is pretty true to that. And I know uh, coming after our first break, Big Doug, you want to speak to Memorial Day. It always, I know it always touches you deeply in the heart, but uh, there are heroes in the sports world, but they uh, pale in comparison to heroes in the real world, people like Nelson MacArthur Mandela. Uh, his name much. is MacArthur? His middle name? Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, if we tr- maybe the roots are connected. Winnie Mandela, his ex-wife, might have been connected to Auntie Naomi. That might be, might be where the roots connected. I do believe that is exactly where the connection was, Coach. So I'm, I'm not connected with uh, Nelson through blood and through in-laws. <laughs> All right. Oh, getting back to the Blackhawks. Six to five uh, victory in the first game, Big Dog. And people were expecting kind of, you know, both teams to come on out and feel each other out a little bit. Pardon the expression. And, uh, you know, play a little conservatively in the opening game of the Stanley Cup. A lot of young players, their first game. Boom. Goal. Goal. Back and forth. Two to two. Three to two. Three to three. Four to three. Totally unexpected. Your reactions real quick on that Saturday night game that uh, caught everybody by surprise. You know, isn't that what normally happens in the. In the NBA Finals, not in the World Series, you know, it depends on the pitcher, but NBA Finals or even like the Super Bowl or, or the NHL Finals, at the beginning it's like teams feeling each other out, don't want to make a mistake. Well, next thing you know, they're going up and down the ice, uh, taking risks. It was unbelievable. It wasn't like cheap goals. It was teams pushing it is what it was. And it was for the first 32 minutes of the game, it was, it was 5-5. There was eight minutes to go in, yeah. the, in the second period when mm-hmm. it was 5-5. I actually and then, I, I, then in the middle of the second period yesterday there was one goal score. <laughs> so I I think it was boy you know I'm going to forget at this point might have been Philadelphia's fifth goal to tie things up but I actually almost stood up and cheered for a Philadelphia goal it was such a thing of beauty where every guy touched the puck beautiful passing they put it in the net I was like. Even though it was the team I was rooting against, I was uh, just in amazement at the skill level that the Flyers showed. I don't know if you remember that particular goal. Well, but... no, I guarantee I wasn't anywhere near close. I didn't think it was beautiful at all. I was pretty upset with every single goal that Philadelphia got. Mm-hmm. Well, then you were uh, upset a lot because they got five of them. I, I will tell you this. It was impressive. And Philadelphia, let's face it, Blackhawk fans, the, the, we're lucky to be up 2 nothing. Well, we really are because Philadelphia has played very, very well yep. for two games. And somehow the Blackhawks have edged them by a goal in both particular games. Mm-hmm. And the Hawks have played decently, too. That's why it's been two great games. I mean, yesterday's game, you could say it was a little bit tighter to the vest, more hard-hitting and checking. There certainly was hard-hitting and checking, but particularly the third period, Big Dog, there was tons of scoring opportunities and extremely exciting game, and uh, Philadelphia kind of control. I won't say dominated, but controlled the third period, but from an excitement level. Hawks trying to hang on, Flyers taking great shots. That was scintillating. NHL Finals hockey, that last period in particular. Yeah, I, I do know David Boland doesn't listen to the show, but Adam Burrish does. Yep. Totally. And I want to tell you this flat out. They got their butts outskated and beat. You you could have said dominated as far as I was concerned. Mm-hmm. The Hawks got lucky to get out of there with a with a win. 
they did not play well in the third period yesterday. So, like, if you are a Hawks fan and are just expecting the sweep, and I think it could happen. I really do think it could happen. But if you just think it's going to be a lay down, it's going to happen, wake up, because Philadelphia had out, definitely outplayed the Hawks uh, yesterday. And if, if there was five, ten more minutes in that game, they might have lost. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you only got to play for 60. So. Well, we talked about uh, in all Stanley Cup finals, all Stanley Cup playoffs, a goalie can make a difference. Goalie can change things. The old term, a goalie standing on his head. Anthony Niemi clearly, clearly was the difference in yesterday's game. And uh, I guess the biggest difference is this particular year when we see Antti Niemi play horrible in the regular season and then now in the playoffs, whenever he has a really bad game or even just a bad game, mm-hmm. he comes back the next day after yeah. and plays great. And that shows you a lot about something. You know, anybody can be doing stuff well and continue mm-hmm. to do stuff well. It's when all of a sudden people start questioning you and you're not playing well is when uh, – is is when you know the true test of a man comes out, mm-hmm. and you know what we got lucky. The Hawks got lucky. He played well. I wouldn't say he played poorly, but he gave up five goals. He didn't play well. Okay, and the next game after that, you know, and they still got a win in that game. So in in uh, Niami's bad game, they still got a win. Yeah, that, sh- that proves that bodes well, coach. He showed bounce back ability, which is important, of course, in uh, any sport, particularly for a pitcher of the Cubs. Had a pitcher who pitched yesterday, pitched pretty well, Randy Wells, who uh, showed a little bounce-back ability after he lost to St. Louis in the opening game, and I don't think he lasted more than five or six batters. I don't think he got an out. No, yeah, he it was six batters. They all yeah. got hits, and he gave up five runs. Sixteen pitches. He was eliminated. They bring him back, and he pitches nice yesterday. So uh, as an athlete, you have to have that. As a sports talk host, Joel, you've had some tough shows, some rough shows. You're down and everything. Our producer, David Olson, talks to you, gets you out of it. Boom! Almost inevitably, you come back with one of your stronger shows the next day. You, you, my friend, have anti Niemi like bounce back ability. It's good to know that you've noticed that, Coach. I appreciate yes. it. And you're a better looking man, by the way, if I could say so myself. A better, a better looking man than anti Niemi. Well, I, I appreciate that, Coach. I you're mean, welcome. usually I don't have to walk around with a mask on like he does. I'm talking about when he takes his mask off. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. Hey, Memorial Weekend, Big Dog, I'm going to let you a wax poetic because I know it means a lot to you, uh, and hopefully everybody did enjoy the weekend but took a little time out to remember what it's all about, too. Barack Obama, our president, was in the city of Chicago last night. We can talk about that, too. We'll take a quick break. David Olson, our producer, with the Tuesday version of the Two Guys in a Mic show, the dog and the coach, at your service up until 11 o'clock. Phone lines are open, 888-463-6748, back in 30 7.5 seconds. We're on tight schedule today. Lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Start a brand new month today. It is June 1, so make sure you rip off that May calendar and uh, 
Bring on the month of June. Summer is officially started. All your goals and objectives that you had for the month of May, well, you better retrade them for uh, the month of June. I typically list down, Joel, 10 goals and objectives for each and every month. May I did not do so well. Only one out of 10 did I achieve. And the only one of the 10 goals was to write out my 10 goals and objectives for the month of June. That's not bad. <laughs> that one I achieved. But the other nine, not so good. Well, I mean, as long as you're getting something done, Coach, you'd be surprised. Writing down goals can really help. Yeah, one of my goals involved you and a couple of Geisha girls, but that didn't come true. Sorry about that. Coach, you've got to let me know Geisha? about these goals. I'll be more than happy to push you a little bit more, okay? Well, the Hawks are scoring enough goals. I don't need any myself. <laughs> hey, real quick, before the Memorial Day talk, a couple of deaths over the weekend. We bring it to our producer extraordinaire, David Olson, our media uh, television movie critic. couple people uh, in the – nothing to do with Memorial Day – but fairly famous people that died over the weekend. Gary Coleman from Different Strokes, age 42. What you talking about, Coach? <laughs> and uh, Dennis Hopper, one of the, the – David, you sent me a YouTube video link to yes. a scene from True Romance. That, yes. That I've is, never that seen is, that movie. What an awesome scene. But Dennis Hopper passed away age 74. Yeah, that that is probably the greatest performance, acting performance I have ever yeah. seen. By both guys. By both guys. It was just – Without saying a word, you could yeah. you could see what was going on. How, how just, can the uh, folks find this? Like a big dog? I don't know. Uh, if just uh, search. Uh, it's up on. I got that from YouTube. Just search uh, Dennis Hopper True okay. Romance. Okay. Yeah, because that's basically the only scene. I mean, he is in there with uh, Christian Slater a couple scenes before. But, yeah, yeah, but that's but yeah, that, that's, uh, yeah, that's the big scene with him and Christopher Walken where wow. Dennis Hopper realizes what no matter what happens, yeah. he's a dead man. So he might as well. So he so he's gonna go out with style. What an intense <laughs> scene, and Christopher Walken's acting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just oh. the way his uh, oh. Walken's face changes. Excellent. That was great. Oh. Yeah. So you've you've seen that movie, Doug? Coach, uh, True Romance is I've probably it's one of like the twenty movies that I will watch whenever. Really? If, it, if it comes on, I just put the remote down and I watch that thing from start. I don't like from right when it starts. I never even heard of the movie before. Oh uh, well, it, it, is, it, uh, it's you ever heard of Quentin Tarantino? Yeah, that was his first big movie. Okay, he and, didn't he didn't direct it, but he wrote it, and so his hand, I mean his handprints are all over it. Mm-hmm. It's it's. No. Uh, visually, it's not the same style, but like with the tone and everything, it's just uh, it's an amazing it's an amazing film. And uh, appearances by like a young James Gandolfini. Yeah, yeah, it? he gets hit in the in the face with a toilet top. Yeah, in the yeah. middle of that movie. <laughs> you know, like you know, like the porcelain top that you take off of the of a of a uh-huh. what do you call it a toilet? He gets hit right in the face at once. Yeah, uh, uh, Balky from uh, Perfect Strangers. Is, uh, uh, he's phenomenal is, in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I got I to check this movie out. True, True Romance. romance. I, as a matter of fact, I, I will lend you the DVD. Okay. I have it at home. I'll lend you the uh, DVD. That, that's awesome, Dave, that you have it on DVD. I, I had it on DVD, but let's just say I, I lost it in in a divorce. But I will tell you this, Coach. <laughs> you might not want to watch that with your kids. No. Uh, oh, no, no, definitely not. Yeah. Definitely yeah. not. That is, It's definitely a... Uh, I mean, for mature audiences is the best way to put it. Yeah, I will make sure of that. And most importantly, way, uh, you know, two great actors of two totally different styles, but Dennis Hopper, just what a quality actor, sadly passing away. And also a quality performance by Val Kilmer, even though you never really see him on camera. Uh-huh. Oh, see, he was great in that. But I, I think Gary Oldman had the second best scene in there. Outside yeah, I, yeah, I totally Dennis forgot Hopper. about Gary Oldman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it must be white boy day. Yeah. <laughs> 
And on a different so note, uh, see the movie. Gary Coleman of Different Strokes, Big Dog, uh, passing yeah. away at 42. I know he was a big actor in your, uh, I don't know if he was a big influence in your childhood, but he was a big star when you were growing up. Well, I, as in terms of, uh, like, not literally, no. but figuratively. Definitely not literally. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and, he, and Gary I mean, Coleman's... Because, really like, when he was on Different Strokes, it was like when I was like seven, eight, nine, when I would have been watching a show like that. So he was the biggest child actor when I was a child. Like mm-hmm. that, you know what I mean? That I could relate to. Mm-hmm. All right. So. A couple of sad deaths in the uh, media world over the weekend, but much more importantly, Big Dog, I know you got some thoughts. Uh, you, you said it beautifully before we left for Memorial Weekend, but it is a special, special weekend, and we do hope everybody took some time out to uh, remember not only those, of course, that have passed, but uh, those that are living and have suffered some of the the uh, melodies that, that war will bring us. Yeah, absolutely. Don't forget the, the families that have uh, lost uh, the men and women, you know, in, in service. Don't forget them because, you know, they suffer also. You know, mm-hmm. uh, families, mothers, fathers have to deal with the fact, oh, what happens to, some, to my son or daughter if they're away fighting? And then all of a sudden they get the, the grim news, which I can't even imagine. You know, don't forget that we they have families that have suffered. And, and, and I like, you know, also thank the people that made it through unscathed. You know what I mean? They they were willing to actually do stuff. They were willing to go fight, you know. So it isn't just the people that uh, mm-hmm. that have actually lost a limb or have lost their life. Uh, who knows how mentally scarred you can be from actually fighting in the war and, and serving the country. That, you know, you, you never know what people are dealing with, you know, in that particular respect. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I said it on Friday, you know, and I'll say it again. I, I thought it was a, a fitting, a fitting weekend that uh, Patrick Tillman, was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame on this yep. particular weekend, yep. uh, on Memorial Day weekend. So. The epitome of what a great soldier and sacrifice is all about. Unfortunately, the epitome. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well said, well said, Big Dog. And um, there were certainly was no lack of sports action to uh, entertain us over the long weekend either. I know you're a big auto racing fan, the Indy 500. Not as big as it used to be, not nearly as big. It seems like the, I don't know, is it the young kids? Why is the Indy 500 who, when we were young, you know, it's pretty big thing, pretty huge thing, pretty big spectacle, and now it is uh, merely a point in passing. Yeah, now uh, the Indy 500 is is gigantic for uh, Europeans and uh, people that for one weekend a year want to want to scream out, "Show me your teeth!" <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, really, I mean, to be honest with you, people in Spain and Italy and in Romania had more interest in, and Brazil had more interest in the Indy 500. Than 99.5 percent of Americans. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me. I don't know. I, I really can't explain it, Coach. But it, I, I, I guess there's only so much sports that you can take nowadays. Mm-hmm. And NASCAR is gigantic, so there's there's only so much racing people can watch too. So I guess maybe that's what it is. It's just that the the racing chunk that people can like in America has been absorbed by NASCAR. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I can't explain it any other way. It might be just people unknowledgeable about the strategy uh, of the sport. And when you watch it, you know, to the average fan, it is, you know, it's kind of cool to watch a little bit. and Maybe you see a crash, but it's basically cars going around and around and around. You hear that all the time from people. Maybe they just need to educate the public on some of the strategies, some of the nuances. The more you find out about the sport, the more you get interested in it. You know, that is definitely true. I've always noticed that. Like, if I was ever, like, dating a girl, and, of course, I got to watch the sports just because of the show. That's always my excuse. But I always, you know, I don't want to watch this. Next thing, the first thing I do is just start telling some story that I know about a guy in the game Mm -hmm. who visited a sick kid 
or whose wife yeah. had uh, some type of disease and mm-hmm. he missed the game to be with her. And mm-hmm. next thing you know, she's totally interested in the game. Right. So, guys, out there, if you're complaining that you have to watch some vampire show instead of a sporting event, what you have to do is find out something, you know, really soft and gushy that a guy in the particular game did, especially, like, very feminine-like. Explain the story to your girlfriend, and mm-hmm. you know what? She'll be watching the game. And if you can't do it by that way, you either have to learn how to tell a story, number one, or number two, get rid of her. <laughs> Preferably number one. Well, yeah, exactly, of course. Yeah. She's a good girl. Yeah. So. By the way, very few things greater in sport than the ceremonial drinking of the milk, which uh, Indy 500 2010 champion Dario, how do you pronounce the last name, Franchetti? I think it's Judd. <laughs> I think it's Franchitti. Franchitti? Yeah. Dario Franchitti. Dario Franchitti, who, of course, is married to the beautiful, lovely, very classy Ashley Judd. But the uh, big dog, the drinking of the milk, post-game, arguably, very arguably, by the way, one of the great traditions in all the sports. Uh, yeah, I would have to say so. <laughs> I mean, I mean, really, I mean, if you, when you think about, like, victory, like if the Celtics win, Red Auerbach could be lighting up a cigar somewhere. Well, that was only him. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, the drink, I mean, like, the, you can't even splatter champagne anymore in, in Major League Baseball. Everyone's like, oh, no, that's wrong. You know, so well, I, what, I what are some of the great, cha- I mean, sipping from the Stanley Cup, that, and the parading around each player with the Stanley Cup, right off the top of my head, that might be the greatest postgame celebration for a championship in any sport. Yeah, though that's good. Uh, well, see, some like like we have like the individual sports ones because you have like uh, you know the Celtics, how Auerbach lights up the cigar. You have for the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger gets a sexual assault charge against them. <laughs> Take it easy. How about in college basketball, where the NCAA champion cuts down the nets and then stands for the playing of the uh, one shining moment? That's become, anyways, kind of a a cool championship tradition. No, that's a, that is a, it's a great mm-hmm. tradition. Absolutely great tradition. NFL football, the Super Bowl, really the only tradition is to put up with bad jokes from Terry Bradshaw up on the stage. Yeah, this is true. This is, well, uh-huh. luckily that's only once every three years, Coach. When you win the Wimbledon Cup in tennis, or what, I, you know, golf, when the past champion puts on the green jacket of the current that's champion, that, that's pretty special. That, that's a good one. That's an excellent one, yeah. Uh-huh. All right. If any of our... Any of our Nicholson has to get it refit every year. <laughs> if any of our listeners uh, have any other suggestions on that, that could be our daily quandary for the day. That is our daily quandary. What the heck? We don't have time to be. That could be. That's our daily quandary. What is a better champion celebration than the drinking of the milk and the milk mustache after winning the Indy 500 or the sipping? Do they actually drink from the Stanley Cup when they're parading it around? Yeah, they do. That's, okay. that's, 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 and see, I would never, ever be able to do it after Baba Bowie of Howard Stern defecated in it. Take it easy. Did they really do that? Coach, Are why you would serious? I bring it up? Howard Stern thought it would be funny if one of his cohorts pooped in the Stanley Cup. You are not serious. I am 100% Come serious. Come on, I never heard this. I, I, mean, I, I know would, the why tradition. Would, why would I lie about something like that? I, I'm on our show. I'm only saying you you have to be kidding because I'm so so taken aback by it. But as I say, you have to be kidding. I'm realizing, sadly, that you probably aren't. Take me back on this story. I know each player gets the Stanley Cup for a day. It, they, well, I forget which player had it, but some player had the cup, yeah. went to the Howard Stern show, and Baba Bowie dumped in it, took a dump in it. Who's Baba Bowie? One of his loser friends. Okay. And One they didn't do this in front of everybody. It was on his on his TV show. They they actually showed it. 
in, gotta be in kidding. The, on the TV show. You got to be kidding. That's something. No, I'm not kidding, Coach. We will definitely I'm not, not be YouTubing that. Thank you very much. I'm sure you could find it. <laughs> what? Did, I'm sure I won't be looking. What yeah, ever did, since that happened, every time I see somebody drink out of it, I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, every right. time I'm legitimately, when the, 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 the Blackhawks are going to hoist the cup this year, uh-huh. they're going to be partying, and I'm going to be like, yeah, and next thing I know, I'm going to see them drink out of it. No, gonna, don't do I'll, it. Don't drink out of it. <laughs> uh, you just ruined for me. Thank you very much, Big Doug. Well, probably I the greatest. It. Huh? Bob Bowie ruined it. I didn't ruin anything for you. <laughs> Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. If we're forgetting some uh, great championship traditions in different sports, triple eight four six three six seven four eight. By the way, it's real quick, some uh, titillating tidbits, news and notes over the weekend. Lacrosse national champions were named Northwestern University six times in a row. Big Dud, they were going for seven. They had a six nothing lead. The women's team we're talking about, and they lost. So the six time national champions were finally dethroned. That's too bad. I mean, and that's uh, those girls. Uh, they're level, they're like a, one of the most sure bets ever in the history yep. of Northwestern athletics. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal sports story, human interest story, because the sport is so popular out east, and somehow this coach and this program elevated to such grandeur right here in the Midwest. It's an amazing story on the men's side. By the way, I don't know if you saw it or not. Duke defeated Notre Dame in overtime. Uh, the championship goal scored with five seconds into overtime. First shot of overtime, goal scored, and Duke wins your lacrosse national championship. It's amazing. Typical lacrosse scores are like, you know, like 15, 12. There's usually like 25 goals scored a game. Yep. You know, this one, the national title game, it's 5-5 for the whole game. And then all of a sudden, in overtime game, the, the center wins the faceoff, whatever they call it, picks the ball up, runs down the other end, and scores. That's mm-hmm. uh, Another titillating tidbit news and notes. I need some help from you, Big Dog, the college baseball Hitting streak of Garrett Whittles, the kid out of Florida International, still going, or did it, it end? Is still going, still going. And his team won the Sun Belt Conference, so he got the automatic bid into the wow. NCAA tournament. So if he's going to end up passing Robin Ventura yes. this particular year. His team is going to have to win some games, and he still has a chance. Amazing, is the best way to put it. Absolutely, and they they like lost their first game. So they had to come through the loser's bracket, correct, and win like five or six games in a row? Uh, that's yeah, yeah, at least at least four, possibly, right. yeah, five All or six. Right. Lots of great emotional stories in sports. Garrett Whittles, the kid out of Florida International University, 53-54 game hitting streak. Absolutely amazing. Second longest in uh, history. Also on our news and notes, titillating tidbits, the French Open, big dog, down to the quarterfinals. No major upsets. Venus Williams, she is out. I guess you call that a major upset. Andy Roddick. Out on the men's side, I don't know who you find, uh, whose dress wear you find more provocative, but both Venus and Andy Roddick are gone. I'm going to have to go and I find uh, Roddick a little bit more provocative. It's close. It is very, very close. <laughs> very, very close. I'm disappointed. Let's just put it this way. I'm disappointed that both of them are out. <laughs> is there any American men left? I think they were gone with 32 remaining in the tournament. Not sure. My guy Robin Soderling is still cruising along, though. It's my guy. Don't ask me uh, it's my guy, but that's my guy. All right, I can see you're thrilled with the French Open. we got baseball news to get to, but let me just mention that uh, in eight days, in eight days, the World Cup will be starting once every four years. Some people, big dogs, say it's bigger than the Olympics. Um, for half the world, it is, definitely. Yep. And uh, 
uh, I, I actually am really excited about it. It's uh, it's a, a unique event. It's pretty exciting, and uh, I, I think the U.S. has a really, 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 really good shot of making it to the to the what do you call it? to the round out round. Yeah, the round of eight it. is is where you basically you got what um, four groups, right? You got to finish in the top two of your group to make the final eight, I believe. No, yeah, no, it's uh, there's there's eight groups. Okay. Top. And you have to finish in the top two of your group to okay. get into the round of 16, which okay. is the knockout round. Okay. And the U.S. are playing. They got England the first game. Mm-hmm. That's a win. Slovenia and That's then a Algiers. I'm worried about Algiers. Well, yeah. Well, hopefully at that point, if they beat England, if they win the game against England, it's almost impossible for them not to get into the knockout round. Mm-hmm. And they would actually have a really good draw if they can do that. Right. And uh, if they tie against England, England, they'd be totally control their destiny and have a really good shot. Uh, I filled out a couple there. of World Cup brackets already. I got the U.S. Uh, upsetting England and then winning their second game. Who's game two against the, the Netherlands? Slovenia. Coach. Slovenia, but then I have us getting upset in game three to Algiers. That's my bracket as of now, but I still have eight days to change. Now, you have, uh, we'll have to ask David Olsen, but I think Algiers is a French-speaking country. Could be. So I, I'm, I will definitely not pick any French-speaking people against the United States of America. No let, way. Let us hope not. But don't kid yourself. In Algiers, they love their soccer. Yes, so. they love it a lot more than we do here in the United States. <laughs> well, it's growing here. It's, it's definitely growing, but, I mean, yeah. soccer is at the highest, the sixth most popular sport in America right mm-hmm. now, maybe even lower than that. Favorites, by the way, in the World Cup, if you're wondering, Spain and Brazil. Are your co-favorites England, Germany, Italy, Argentina, France, and the Netherlands are next in line. And then when you talk potential long shots, the United States is kind of in that third group, Big Dog. So we'll see if yeah. they can pull off a few upsets. Uh, yeah, it'd be nice if they could pull off some few, uh, mm-hmm. a few upsets. Now, them beating England would be gigantic. I, I do see them getting into the into the next round, but uh, is, it, is it possible that they could, you know, they beat Spain in the whatever, the CONCACAF Cup a, a couple years ago. Yes, I think that almost hurt them in their chances in the World Cup to beat like a Spain or something because like that. Because people, people are aware. Yeah, you can't sneak up on them anymore. Mm-mm. Yeah, we had a, if I remember correctly, in the CONCACAF Cup, the CONCACAF Cup, we were beating Brazil in the championship game 2 nothing at halftime, right? Yes, it was. And, and then, then, I guess, what do they call it? Juego Bonita <laughs> is what they call beautiful football. Like, play beautiful over yep. there in Brazil. Yep. Oh, my goodness. They scored three goals in the first, like, ten minutes of the second half, didn't they, Coach? Yeah, well, I remember the first goal was scored, like, in the first minute. You knew there was trouble right there. If the U.S. could have just uh, withstood some pressure the first five minutes of the second half, I think the pressure would have built on Brazil. But they scored, it's a long time ago, but I think they scored that first goal early in the second half, and then the United States was back on their heels the rest of the game. Yeah, they definitely did. Whatever it was, I do remember the because the, yep. I, I was like two nothing, and I went to go watch it, and le- legitimately, like when I turned the game on, it was like oh, it's two to one. Mm-hmm. I thought it was halftime. Yeah, so. Well, you you will get the best of World Cup soccer talk from a guy Joe Redwanski, whose highest level of soccer, I believe, was intramurals and junior high, and from the no, coach John Cohn, who who did play. Uh, Rather impressively, by the way, for the Nutri West Freshman B soccer team. Back in the day, Big Dog, I was the leading scorer for the Freshman B Bombers. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> that, that's pretty impressive. You know, yeah. one of uh, one of my friend's daughters, just to throw this out there, because she is the next, I'm not kidding, Coach, when I say this, she is the next great soccer player in the state of Illinois. How old is she? Her freshman year, she at Downers Grove South, she... Uh, 
basically she hurt her leg. So as a freshman, uh-huh. they still wanted her on varsity, but they're like, we're not sure if you, you know, you couldn't do the tryout. So why don't you just play in freshman? And then she got kind of like pouty. So she's like, I'm not playing varsity this year. They didn't want me at the beginning. So she played freshman and sophomore. And just on the freshman team, in 15 games, she scored 33 goals Whoa. and 24 assists. Wow. She had 57, or was that, that would be 80 points in 15 games. Let's move that young two lady Two points up. for a goal and one for an assist, right? How they do the tallies? Yes. So, yeah, so she had 80 points in 15 games. Let's move her up to a higher level, shall we? And I guess on the sophomore level, she only played like 10 games, and she had – she was not as effective. She had like twenty-four goals and mm-hmm. like fifteen assists. <laughs> oh, that's it. Huh? All right. Well, so, I, you know, I think the uh, varsity girls soccer coach, not to get too homey homey on our talk zone show uh, here, but I believe is an old buddy of mine. I'm not sure if he's still coaching there. I think he is Barry Jacobson. At so, Downers Grove South. Yeah. Well, ask ask about uh, Jessica Kaler because that's her name. All right. So I will uh, do that. And and I got to tell you some coach. Uh, like if you were if you were forty years younger, you'd be in love because she's she's a tall, statuesque, uh, blonde girl. So, <laughs> all right, I will take your word for it. That's outstanding. All right, eight 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 four six three six seven four. And I think that's our titillating tidbits, news, and notes. We got baseball to talk about. Big dog. We're going to get to our Cubs and Sox baseball fans. You want to check in uh, with uh, happenings over the weekend? Uh, feel free to do so at triple eight four six three six seven four eight. There were three rather, well, a couple of astounding things. One, let's go back to Friday or Saturday. Roy Halliday pitches a perfect game. Big Doe, we've got two perfect games in the same year. Happy holidays to you. Yeah, you know you know how gigantic of a baseball fan I am, Coach. Yes, and you are. luckily, uh, MLB Network does it better than any of the pro sports networks. And as soon as something like that goes on, they went right to the Phillies game and left it on there. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there, the Blackhawks are in the finals, and I find myself like, Switching channels like in the sixth inning, and the only reason why is, you know, my buddy in his fantasy league, he's got Roy Halladay, and he's out on a bachelor party for his brother, and he's like, hey, text me if uh, Halladay's got something, you know, pitching a good game. I'm like, what if he's perfect or something like that? I'm not kidding you, coach. I said this to my buddy Russell. Okay. Mm-hmm. And next thing I know, I get a text from him in the through five. He's like, oh, he's perfect, and I'm like, are you kidding me? So I went back and forth, and luckily, as a diehard baseball fan. With, in the middle of the seventh inning, the third period or the, the intermission between the first and second happened, and I was able to watch the last eight outs that Roy Halladay got. And, Coach, oh, my goodness, uh, it, that guy is just, without a doubt, one of the, the best pitchers uh, of this past, of this generation. Uh, he's not the best pitcher this year in baseball because that goes to somebody else. Yeah, I want to but, talk uh, about it him. It was in a awful minute. fun watching him. Yeah, he, he is the consummate professional, and the perfect game, Big Dog, is uh, arguably one of the single greatest feats you can do in any. Uh, I don't think I'm over exaggerating too much in any individual sports contest. The perfect game in baseball, and keep in mind it's the pitcher and the fielders, but uh, collectively yeah, yeah. it's one of the rarest of sports gems. Yeah, let's not forget the fielders yes. uh, when it comes to, to a perfect game. Yeah, even though uh, Halliday had 11 strikeouts. So basically yep. his teammates only had to make 16 plays, but they yep. made 16 plays flawlessly. Yeah, but, you Let's know, and, and even a routine plays, play, made... you think about in the last inning of a perfect game, the pressure on the fielders. I mean, I think the last out was a ground ball to third base. I mean, there, there's a, a lot of pressure on that fielder to make that play. Yes, they're going to win the game. There's no pressure there. But if you mess up, if you bobble it or throw it away, your name will live in infamy forever, right? Yes, and 
and actually, you know, it was a one nothing game. So okay. I, the game was still on the line. Mm-hmm. And I'm with you. It was a it was a tough play that you should make. You know, it was one of those, and that was like the, that would be the last thing I'd want. If the ball was hit to me, coach, I would want to do it where I'd have to dive or something like that. I yes. have to admit, I would not exactly. want anything routine hits me. Right. Yeah, exactly. Play. Making the harder play would almost, in that case, be easier than the routine one. You're exactly right. Yeah. Uh, weird happenstance number two in baseball over the weekend. Kendry Morales hit a grand slam home run to win the game for the Anaheim Angels. And in the celebration at home plate, Big Dougie fractured his leg, one of the weirdest, oddest, saddest, most joyous. It was a strange moment. Yeah, it's uh, while he was coming in, he jumped up, and one of his teammates kind of hit him in like kind of like a close clothesline motion action, mm-hmm. kind of threw him off balance, and, and his ankle snapped. So mm. uh, a walk-off turns into a carry-off. Yep, yep. And what made it even weirder is the next day, the Anaheim Angels, I forget the guy's name, was it? Um, Howie Kendrick. How- Howie Kendrick. Repeats it. He hits a game-winning homer for the Angels, so there the players are out of the dugout again. And, of course, this time they stayed further back. But how weird is that? You repeat the scene one day later, huh? Yeah, and, uh, you know, they did it the way you should. They mobbed him. Yep. They patted him on the back. They jumped up and down, but they didn't take him out as he was crossing home plate like mm-hmm. uh, like the day before. Mm-hmm. So right, uh, my boy Cloudy is a diehard Ohio State fan, and, like, right when it happened, I started saying it, and he was like, well, shut up, because I, I mentioned yeah. it's like what they did to Teddy Ginn back yep. in the 06 National Championship. You never forget that. Oh, that's that was the hardest he was hit all season long, and I'm not kidding, Coach. <laughs> what, what, that was one of the most moronic. You know, you're supposed to celebrate with your team. Show some emotion. Don't take out your teammate, okay? There's no reason to blow him up like he's <laughs> the opposing quarterback. You know, the adrenaline starts to kick in a little bit. It was all done in good spirits, but the bottom line is, in the case of Kendrick Morales and Ted Ginn Jr., they were out and couldn't play anymore, so it's the ultimate sports irony. Yes, and uh, and Kendrick Morales, you know, the, the Angels aren't doing it like the way they used to, which was pitching, defense, and timely hitting. They don't have the pitching this year, so they need – Instead of just timely hitting, they need a lot of hitting. You know what I'm talking about, Coach? Yes, sir. You know, he's a guy that can drive in a lot of runs for him, but he's going to be gone until at least September. And by then, mm-hmm. you know, then you got to you know, basically it'd be very difficult for him to really contribute this particular season for the Angels. All right, now, the third thing of amazement that happened over the weekend, and you, I think, alluded to it, but uh, you mentioned Roy Halladay's not the best pitcher in baseball right now. Let's see if we're thinking on the same wavelength, Big Dog. Who is? Oh, Ubaldo Jimenez. Oh, my goodness, Coach. He is having the most dominant season in the first two months that yep. any pitcher has had that's, in my lifetime. That's exactly could, exactly where I was going. I'm, I'm, I, I was going to say I can't remember a better two months. Continue on. No, no. From Fernando Valenzuela and Fernando Mania was absolutely unbelievable back in mm-hmm. 1981. But, you know, this guy's numbers are even better than Fernando Valenzuela's. And he's pitching in Colorado. And yesterday he goes into a game with a .88 ERA. And I was joking and telling my buddy, I was like, you know, if he can pitch eight innings, give up a run, and his ERA will go up today. <laughs> well, you know what? His ERA didn't go up yesterday. It went down because he pitched nine innings of shutout ball, no walks, nine strikeouts, allowed four base hits, two of them broken bat single. The guy is completely dominating. And uh, the thing that he's got going, Coach, is, you know, he throws 97 to 101 miles an hour, which is really, really good. But he throws the ball exactly where he wants to. And uh, Buster Olney of ESPN was talking about it today. The movement on his ball is, is ridiculous. You you look at it, 
normally the harder you throw a ball, the straighter it goes. And that's just that's just how it is because the faster it goes, the more straight it's going to be. People that throw 97 miles an hour don't get movement on their pitches. You know, Greg Maddox got ridiculous movement. Greg Maddox threw his fastball at 88 to 84 miles an hour, and it would dance like a butterfly. His dance is like a butterfly, and it's coming in out of a shotgun. So right now, Buster Olney thinks he has a shot at breaking Bob Gibson's record of 1.12 uh, ERA, which oh. I still don't think he does. Uh-huh. But even if he ends up with an ERA below two, pitching in the greatest hitter's park in the history of baseball would be absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Abaldo Jimenez, if you don't know who he is out there, make sure you get your eyes on him this week sometimes. Shout out he San Francisco, 2 nothing yesterday. Beat Tim Lensicom the two-time, the, the past two years. Two-time Cy Young Award winner. He's 10-1 and one on the season. His ERA is down to point. Seven, eight, big dog. He's got 26 consecutive scoreless innings. It's absolutely amazing. Another name, you put Francisco Valenzuela. You remember him as dominant for a short period. I'm going to go even further back, maybe before your time. I remember for a period of time, Vita Blue. Way back when, Vita Blue had a dominant couple of months. But, boy, over the 30-some-odd years, 40-some-odd years I've been following baseball, I can't remember too many, two months as dominating as Ubaldo Jimenez has been. Yeah. Uh, Vita Blue won the 1971 American League MVP award, mm-hmm. and yeah, and he had he went on a, a, an unbelievable one. They they marked it down as the only pitchers in their first 11 starts to have 10 wins and an ERA below one in the history of baseball. Yeah. is Ubaldo Jimenez, Juan Marichal in 1966, and that's the pitchers era, coach. Yep. And what I mean by pitchers era, like the league ERAs were around like 3.1, you know, in 1966. Nowadays, it's like 4.8, so it's, it's uh, really crazy. And the other one was Ed Seacott, Coach. You know who Ed Seacott is? Ed Seacott? Yeah, and he did it in 1919 for the White Sox. Ah, What's so special about that? I remember him well. Yeah, uh, well, Ed Seacott was the guy who threw the World Series for the White Sox that year. Really? Yeah. So it's funny that they, they just mentioned those three names. I'm like, oh, they got to talk about the Black Sox scandal. They didn't even bring it up, you know, because – and I didn't realize Seacott had pitched that well early. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I was at Seacott, I wouldn't mind throwing the World Series either. I mean, if you think about it, he had 29 wins with uh, two and a half weeks to go in the season, and uh, Charles Kaminsky wouldn't let him pitch because he would have got a bonus if he won 30 games that year. So, <laughs> well, a direct descendant of George Hallis, huh? Uh, uh, yes, he was, actually, as a matter of fact. <laughs> that guy threw nickels around like manhole cover. Oh, uh, goodness. So Juan Marichal, I remember him. He's famous for the big high leg kick I used to do the high leg kick at home. Of course, I'd do it with my door closed in the privacy of my own home. But he had the big high leg kick. He was special. I tried doing A couple of years ago, I tried showing my kid the Juan Marichal high leg kick. Uh-huh. I was out for like two and a half months. <laughs> I do not advise anybody over the age of 40 to try to recreate Juan Marichal's high leg kick. Well, uh, or you got to prepare for months if you are. Yeah, lots of stretching exercises, no question about it. Uh, all right, our beloved Chicago Cubs, uh, since we last left you, Big Dog, they lose two out of three to St. Louis. By the way, you want to talk some baseball, 888-463-6748. Got about a minute to go here, Big Dog, but the Cubs um, lose two out of three, and they also lose to Pittsburgh yesterday, not so good. White Sox, on the other hand, two out of three over Tampa Bay, not bad. Uh, Tampa Bay, pretty good team. They had a four-game series against Tampa, Coach. Okay. So I think it was two out of four, I do believe. But when you're playing when you're playing Tampa, a split in that series, I, I don't want to be a defeatist, but that's not bad for the White Sox going on the road, getting getting two out of four uh, in Tampa against so far the best team in baseball. Mm-hmm. And the Cubs, you know, this was their time in order to 
to make a little hay and, you know, prove that they deserve to be belong in the conversation for the National League Central. And right now, the whole the answer is this. You're not ready to contend unless you get your act together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yesterday's loss to the Pittsburgh Pirates is absolutely mm-hmm. pathetic. Uh, can't hit in the clutch whatsoever so far this year. That's been the White Sox. Biggest, uh, you know, point of concern. It's been the one of the Cubs' biggest points of concern. Yeah. And uh, just to let all Cub fans out there know, their number one draft pick in the 2008 draft, Andrew Cashman, came up. He threw one pitch yesterday, yes. <laughs> and it, it looked good. It Major looked really League good. debut, so, one pitch, pop up the short. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks for showing up, buddy. Now go back to Iowa. Yeah. So and yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, Carlos Zambrano will be starting on Wednesday. Yeah. So how about Carlos uh, Silva, seven and zero? Yeah, Carlos Silva, 7-0. He was dominant on Saturday yep. against the Cardinals. And too bad the other starting pitchers were brutal. Randy Wells and uh, Ryan Dempster yesterday. Yep. Ryan Dempster basically would get the first two guys out in the inning, and then I don't know if it was lack of concentration or just yeah. bad luck, but if he we, would just if get we had more, after two were up. If we had more time, I'd disagree with you a little bit on Ryan Dempster. But we do not. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Big dog, be safe out there. Don't get arrested, okay? I check the reports on a regular basis. Ah, we are signing <laughs> two guys at a mic talkzone.com. Thanks for listening. David Olson, our producer, great job. Tomorrow at 10, we'll do it all over again.